the Los Angeles Kings did exactly what we needed them to do at the trade deadline, which is not a whole lot. We're going to look at the Kings' moves as well as tonight's game against the Nashville Predators, all on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everyone, you are listening to Locked on Los Angeles Kings, and today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. My name is Sarah Avampado, as always, host of this here show, all about your favorite hockey team and mine, the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, and today, we're taking a look at what the Kings did over the trade deadline. That's going to be our main focus. We're also going to check in on the Nashville Predators uh, as we are playing them again tonight because uh, we have to. That's the rules. That's how the schedule goes. Uh, so we're going to look at that as well. Uh, but the trade deadline, the Kings got their big, quote unquote, air quotes, whatever, uh, move out of the way over the weekend when they acquired Troy Stetcher for a seventh round pick. Uh, we're going to be later in the week talking with the fine fellows from Locked on Red Wings to learn a little bit about Troy Stetcher. Uh, he didn't get to play that long for them. Uh, he's had kind of injury plagued uh, seasons, uh, but we'll get to sort of see what he's been up to, how he's going to fit in. Uh, we already know uh, that Stetcher and Alex Edler are familiar with each other from the years they played together when Stetcher started his career playing for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they're buddies. They literally spent the all-star break together. Uh, they were a defense pairing in Vancouver, so they are guys who are well familiar uh, with each other and how they play. Uh, and based off of today's practice, uh, they're going to be reunited as a defense pairing uh, for the Kings in this game. Uh, defense pairings from this morning, uh, Jacob Movarari with Sean Dursey, Alex Edler, Troy Stetcher, Olimata, Jordan Spence, uh, and then the extras, Tobias Bjornfoot and Austin Strand. Uh, so Strand's the like actual odd man out. Bjornfoot is still kind of recovering on the road to being back, uh, but isn't quite ready yet. Speaking of defensemen and how they're all basically injured, we have learned a little bit more about the status of all of our missing defensemen uh, and forwards for that matter. Uh, Tobias Bjornfoot is close to returning, uh, could probably be back next week or so. Victor Arvidsson is in the same boat. Mikey Anderson, uh, they already put him on long-term injured reserve. They did that sort of in concert with the move to acquire Troy Stetcher. Anderson is out for six to eight weeks at least. Drew Doughty, no idea. Uh, they said it's too early to really determine if he's going to be out the rest of the season, what sort of a plan is for him. Uh, they're doing more assessments on whatever his mysterious injury is, uh, so should know more. But the fact that they're being so cagey about it, I, I think does not bode well for uh, Drew Doughty's swift return. Matt Roy is close to returning as well. He could be skating again uh, by the end of this week, so could be rejoining the lineup. Brendan Lemieux is also kind of nearing a return as well. Uh, and one of the only other guys injured that we uh, need to keep tabs on is uh, Andreas Athanasiu, who is going to be out longer term. So just terrible luck for that guy. Uh, every time he's been in the lineup, he's been great. And then he gets immediately hurt, uh, which has just been really frustrating because uh, he he brought he brings such a great fun dynamic uh, and is the kind of the player that the Kings need 
uh, and unfortunately just has not been able to stay healthy this season. Arvidsson and Bjornfoot did join the Kings this morning for their pregame morning skate. Uh, so in uh, no contact jerseys. So they're getting closer, but not quite there yet. But uh, that's a good sign that we are seeing them out and about, at least. Uh, Lemieux has also been skating with Arvidsson. Uh, so they should be uh, close to a return, which of course will then impact uh, the rain because they'll actually get to get some of their players back. The rain did do uh, a lot of shuffling in terms of paper moves, which is to be expected. Um, If you aren't familiar with the AHL rules, uh, players who are on NHL rosters who, you know, basically you're back and forth guys, they needed to be on an AHL roster by the end of the trade deadline yesterday in order to be eligible to play for the rain or for the AHL for the rest of the season and in the playoffs. So what that means is you end up with a bunch of what they call paper transactions of where you send a guy down, but he's not actually going down. Um, He's not being reassigned. It's just moving him administratively to make sure that he can still play in the AHL playoffs uh, if needed. So the rain did that with a whole slew of guys, Uh, Quentin Byfield, Rasmus Kapari, Gabe Velarde, uh, and Jordan Spence were all papered quote-unquote, down to the AHL. Martin Firk and Christian Willannon both were already returned um, earlier in the week as well, so those guys are both eligible for the AHL playoffs uh, as well, which does leave some guys currently out of the mix. Uh, Jacob Movrari is one who did not get uh, reassigned back to the AHL. I believe Austin Strand wasn't uh, reassigned either. Uh, so he would also be staying up with the Kings, uh, at least, you know, even if he's not playing, at least as the uh, extra defenseman. Um, I will say that sometimes the transactions and everything get a little backed up. So uh, something might sneak by that should have been processed yesterday uh, that wasn't. Uh, but it's a good move by the Kings in order to make sure that uh, they're not necessarily hamstringing the rain by taking all of their great players and not uh, actually returning any of them and leaving them ineligible to play uh, in the playoffs. So that doesn't mean that those guys are going to be with the rain. In fact, Byfield, uh, Kapari, like those guys were all re-recalled, essentially, Jordan Spence. uh, And so they're back up on the Kings roster uh, for right now. We're going to look at the other moves the Kings made uh, with the trade deadline uh, coming up right after this, because they have some big impacts on the Ontario Rain. But before we get to that, uh, well, let's talk about Bet Online. It is, of course, the time of year again that college basketball is dominating the sports airwaves. Their big annual tournament is finally upon us. So whether you're looking for the latest odds, contests, or player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it isn't just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports Sport wagering needs, including information, live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games, and much more. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online, it is where the game starts. You are, of course, listening to Locked on Los Angeles Kings, and thank you for making today's show your first listen of the time that you opened your podcast app. We're going to look more at what the Kings did over the trade deadline, but first they actually got another little bit of business out of the way as well. And that is re-signing Blake Lazat. Uh, He was a restricted free agent 
come the end of the season and has re-signed for two years. Average cap hit uh, of $1.675 million. Uh, so he will be with the Kings, barring, you know, moves through the end of the 2023-24 season. Uh, and I will say, I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it here on the podcast, that if you go back through the archives of the show, I certainly have not shied away from criticizing him in the past whenever he has struggled or has not really had the performance uh, that we have needed to see from him as a guy who is looking to hold on to that fourth line center role. Over this season, uh, particularly finding chemistry with Brendan Lemieux and whoever they end up putting on that right wing, mostly it's been Arthur Kaliev. He's really blossomed this season. Uh, he has kind of embraced the role that he plays on this team. Uh, he's not being asked to play up above his skill or, or his ability. Uh, if you'll remember, you know, when he kind of first came into the team, he occasionally had to play like second line center minutes, uh, which is not Blake Lazat. Like that is not his role. Uh, he has really kind of embraced the role of being that pesty, irritating bottom six guy. Uh, he is playing on the penalty kill. He is the guy who kind of embodies what Todd McClellan says that he wants from this team, which is being, uh, you know, McClellan always said, like, if we lose the puck, we want to be the team first in there to get it back. Like, and we're going to fight until we get it back. Whether or not that's true in practice, a different story. But Lazat, for despite the fact that he is undersized, quote unquote, to use the hockey term, uh, is fearless uh, in going up in puck battles and against the corners, uh, against much bigger players. Uh, sure, staying upright, not always his best skill, but uh, has just really provided that energy, uh, the the nonstop kind of motor. There's a reason they call him mosquito or whatever. You know, I don't hate it. Uh, and it's such a reasonable contract that if the Kings are in a position in a couple of years where someone else sort of pushes him out or where uh, they they need to make upgrades or whatever, that contract will not be difficult to move. I think that he is sort of the player that lots of teams want. They want that energy guy. They want that personality of relentlessness. And so I, I can't say I hate it. Uh, the Kings have the cap room to do this. It's not like they've just hamstrung themselves with like a six-year deal for Blake Lazard or something. Uh, this is very reasonable. Uh, so Kings lock him in, uh, lock down that fourth line center role uh, and make make uh, at least one thing certain going into next year that he's going to kind of continue playing that role. Uh, the other moves that the Kings made uh, were moves to shore up the AHL. Uh, we've talked, I've talked on Twitter, uh, especially on trade deadline day about how, you know, this team isn't just one guy away from winning a Stanley cup, right? Like they are a team that still has flaws still has some work to do. And there's no sense in throwing away the farm at the trade deadline right now for a rental or for someone who you could probably get at a better uh, return or a better exchange rate for back, lack of better words uh, over the summer uh, at draft time. When you know that like, ideally, you know, shoot for the moon. Sure. But most realistically, if this team makes the playoffs Maybe they get out of the first round, depending on who they draw, depending on how lucky they get. But uh, this isn't like the 2012 Kings going on like a Cinderella run. Like that, that's just not what this team is yet. They're not there yet. And so the moves the team makes are moves that should just sort of help shore up the depth, 
We don't need to go out for the big fish. We didn't need to go spend a gajillion prospects and draft picks on getting, you know, Claude Giroux or something, uh, whoever the hottest, you know, guys of the deadline were. There is work to be done over the summer, and there are certainly plenty of attractive players to keep your eye on. Uh, one of them we're going to talk about later today whenever we talk about the Nashville game. Uh, there, there's a lot of work that can be done in the summer, but right now I think the moves that the Kings made were about setting up, setting them up the best they could for just existing the rest of the season and bolstering the rain so that they can have a playoff run and that they can have a legit shot at winning the Calder Cup. Uh, the rain are one of the top teams in the AHL. We've talked about this basically all the time we talk about the rain. Uh, they are fantastic this year. They have a great chance at going very far in the playoffs. Um, realistically, they're going to play longer than the Kings do. And so even if the Kings, you know, call up some more guys to be black aces for the playoffs or something, and really you don't necessarily even need to, because again, Kings and Reigns share the same training facilities. So it's not even like, you know, if the unfortunate situation of someone gets hurt in the playoffs that you're going to have to be like, oh no, I have to arrange a flight. Like, no, they're all right there. They're right there hanging out with you. The best thing organizationally that the Kings can do is make sure that the rain can weather the current storm that they're having, uh, aka all of their defensemen are in the NHL, that they can get through it and still be in a great position coming into the playoffs and be in a great position to go on that playoff run. And so the moves the Kings made on Sunday, on Monday at the trade deadline, were all geared just towards that. The first thing that they did was trade Braden Burke, uh, who kind of came over at the end of the season last year from uh, the Arizona Coyotes organization uh, in the trade that sent Boku Imama and Cole Holtz over to uh, Arizona. Uh, Braden Burke was one of the pieces that came back. He's been fine. Uh, he was a lot better last season, uh, but this year has just been kind of a guy. Uh, and they traded him to Nashville, uh, aka the Milwaukee Admirals, in exchange for defenseman Frederick Allard. Allard has been around for a while uh, in the AHL. He finally made his NHL debut this season, uh, got a game in with the Predators, a long-awaited debut for him, uh, but the bulk of his career he has been uh, in the AHL. He has 242 games played with Milwaukee, uh, and another 25 with the Chicago Wolves. Uh, that was that weird year where Milwaukee didn't play. They did a little partnership thing to send most of their players to Chicago. Uh, Allard spent a lot of time on the taxi squad and everything, uh, so didn't get a full season in. He has 97 points in uh, in those 242 games. He's not an offensive defenseman. I think maybe younger, that was a little bit more of his profile, but he definitely is more of the steady presence, helps set up plays, uh, is you know the 200-foot game kind of player. Uh, he is not going to be a big scorer for you, but uh, the rain don't necessarily need scoring from the blue line. They have enough scoring from everywhere else uh, to, to make that happen. Uh, he is a player who is that stereotypical hard-to-play-against kind of profile. Um, I have seen him a ton in his AHL career. Uh, if you don't know me, if you're new to the show, I'm based in the Midwest. I get to see a ton of the Milwaukee Admirals. I cover the Chicago Wolves for another website. Uh, and so I have gotten to see him a lot over the years. Uh, I think Chicago and Milwaukee play each other something like 12 or 15 times this year or something. He is a player who is one of those guys who you want on your side uh, because he's just irritating. 
uh, is very well respected by his teammates. Uh, he is a guy who is not necessarily afraid to be physical, but also usually stays on the right side of the line. He doesn't collect too many penalty minutes, uh, but is also not afraid to use his body when necessary uh, for a play. So it's not a flashy trade. It's not anything special, but for the rain who have been working on a really patchwork defense, including ECHL call-ups, uh, guys who are signed to you know PTO deals, uh, a lot of guys without a lot of AHL experience, this is the kind of move that you want uh, because a guy like Allard, who has been around for years and years and years, uh, can immediately jump in to bigger minutes and sort of reshuffle everyone else down to... Uh, what's maybe a little bit more appropriate for their skill level. Like Helga Granz, for example, 19, I think he is, this is his first year playing in North America, uh, has been having to play way too many minutes just by virtue of being like one of the only guys left standing uh, who is here on an AHL deal. Uh, this kind of helps reshuffle uh, the defense for the rain uh, gives someone who has been around for a while. Uh, he's 24 years old. Uh, so has the experience he's been in the AHL for five years. Uh, so he, he, he gets it, he gets how it goes. Uh, so I think this is a really great move to help uh, shore up the rain for a playoff move. Uh, the other move that they made was trading uh, Marcus Phillips, who has been a depth defenseman for the Kings or for the rain this season. Uh, Phillips was a 2017 fourth round draft pick. Uh, has just always, I don't want to say underperformed, but has never just really found his place on this team. I think he was a pretty highly touted prospect uh, when he was drafted. Uh, he played for Canada and World Juniors, uh, but just hasn't really broken through yet uh, at the professional level. A couple seasons ago, even, uh, you know, played for the Reign and for the ECHL before they ended up just sending him back to juniors so that he could play a bigger role uh, with the London Knights uh, instead of being sort of on the bench in professional hockey. Uh, so has just never really found his place, has been kind of pushed out of the Kings draft uh, depth rankings by other much more talented prospects. And uh, they traded him to Winnipeg uh, in exchange for Nelson Nogier, who is also a, a defenseman. Uh, kind of similar. He's 25, so a little bit older uh, than Marcus Phillips. He's tw Phillips is 23. Nogier has been around for a while, uh, again, largely with the Manitoba Moose. He's gotten a handful of games uh, in the NHL with Winnipeg, but similar profiles of players uh, in that, you know, not very high scoring. Uh, they're solid, not flashy, but they're going to get the job done. Uh, and this gives both guys sort of a change in scenery. Uh, I think that Nogier was also a little bit pushed out by players and prospects in Winnipeg's system as well. So this gives go both guys a fresh start uh, and brings in another player with a wealth of experience. Uh, Nogier has been a pro since 2016. Uh, so brings in another guy with significant AHL experience uh, to help, again, keep that blue line afloat while everyone is up in the NHL. We're going to close the show out today by looking at the game tonight against the Nashville Predators. That is coming up next on the show. Before we get to that, though, rockauto.com is here for you and all of your car needs. There are, of course, a million different types of cars, trucks, makes, models, years, sizes, whatever. And it makes shopping frustrating because you can go to the store and hope to buy something, but they're probably not going to have it. And instead, what they're going to do is they're going to go on their little website and they're going to order it and then they're going to send it. Maybe they'll even send it right to your door instead of even having to go back to the store to pick it up. 
why deal with all of that? Why even have to leave your house when you can order the same thing online, get it sent to your door, and pay a much lower price? Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can save money by shopping on rockauto.com? The prices are reliably low for every customer, no matter who you are. If you're a mechanic, if you are someone who just knows how to do the basics, if you like build your own cars, you're going to pay the same low price. So you can go explore the easy to use website today. Find the solution to all of your auto parts needs. It's very easy to go. You just plug in the make and the model of your car and you go from there and it tells you what they've got. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all of the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So, one of the biggest questions of the trade deadline, well, there were a lot of big questions, but one of them was what was Nashville going to do with Philip Forsberg? Uh, Forsberg is on an expiring deal, he's an unrestricted free agent after this. Uh, Nashville has been up and down for much of the season. Uh, a lot of times just not really knowing where they're going to stand at this moment in time, Nashville is currently jumped back up to the number three spot in the central division. There have been times this year where they've been out of the playoff picture entirely. There's been times this year where they've been, uh, in the wild card spot, but right now it looks like they're holding steady. Uh, their challengers from below Nashville has, 78 points. St. Louis was 77. Dallas was 71. Uh, Winnipeg below them was 68. So unless something totally bizarre happens, Nashville's making the playoffs. Uh, it's just down to sort of what Dallas does if St. Louis falls off, but Nashville is most likely in. Uh, so that feeling of being in and uh, wanting to see how far they can go has led the Predators to not trade Philip Forsberg. They say that they are focused on trying to re-sign him. Uh, Forsberg says it'd be great if something got done, but uh, no movement on that front. Uh, And so it's kind of a situation similar to when the Blue Jackets knew that uh, Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky weren't really interested in returning to the team, uh, but they knew they were going to make a playoff run. So they kept them. And, you know, they, it was a, risk that they knew that they were taking of losing them in the off season for nothing. But they, they thought that they, you know, they didn't want to disrupt the team. They knew they weren't going to get fair returns because both of those guys kind of controlled their own destiny. So just decided to keep them. And that's sort of the situation that Nashville finds themselves in, which is we don't really know what's going to happen. We look like we're going to make the playoffs. Let's just keep them, make a run. You never know. All you have to do is get in the playoffs, right? So Philip Forsberg, still a Nashville Predator, not going anywhere. Okay, fine. If they don't resign him, though, we might be talking a little bit more about Philip Forsberg because wouldn't it be nice to get Victor Arvidsson, one of his best friends, and have them on the same team together? Philip Forsberg, who just had a five-point night the other day for the Nashville Predators, I think that would be pretty neat. He's the guy who can score goals. That is uh, for sure. But all of that aside, all of that is for off-season summer thinking. Right now, we are facing the Nashville Predators. They have back-to-back victories right now. Back-to-back six to three victories, by the way. Uh, They won over Toronto and they won over the Ducks. Uh, The Ducks have basically just torched their entire roster. So, no surprise there. Philip Forsberg has set franchise records via those games. He is now Nashville's all-time leading goal scorer. He tallied his 211th goal on Saturday uh, with the, with the franchise. 
on Monday. He then tied and then set the mark for most goals in a single season in Predators history with 35. So Phil Forsberg knows how to put pucks in nets. Uh, The Predators are, of course, in Los Angeles, and they are a team who is, like I said, fighting to maintain their spot in uh, in the lineup or in the in the standings uh, and the Kings after some pretty dismal performances pre trade deadline should be looking to get back in the win column. Uh, this is a team that for the past several years at the trade deadline, we have seen the Kings get dismantled. We have seen them lose key players long time, you know, loved in the room, Jeff Carter, Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, Jake Muzzin, um, Alec Martinez, like you name it, they're gone. Uh, Jack Campbell the other year to Toronto, Cal Clifford. This is a team that, you know, has had to psychologically deal with that, has had to deal with the fact that every year for the past two, three years, they have seen more and more of their friends go away. And hopefully coming out of the trade deadline weekend festival of bonanza the team is like okay great we didn't lose anyone we're all still here sure a bunch of guys are hurt sure we didn't add but i think that you know the team should be realistic i don't think that any of them in there are sitting there you know if they really really ask themselves i don't think any of them are sitting there being like haha we were just one claude Giroux away from winning the stanley cup like i i think they all know that but hopefully having gotten through this trade deadline without losing more major pieces, without, uh, you know, continuing the rebuild. We saw what the Ducks just did. Hampus Lindholm, Ricard Raquel, um, Nick Delorier, like lots of guys are out of that room now because Pat Verbeek said, rebuild, you got it. And just is torching it. It's great. It's it's impressive, honestly, (laughs) to see how quickly he has just realized uh, that the Ducks need like a major teardown. I'm hoping that the Kings get the message that says Rob Blake, this organization, this franchise believes they can get it done with the pieces they have, that they don't need to go out and disrupt the room, disrupt the chemistry by adding some big name guy to shove him into a lineup just for a first round exit. Rob Blake and company are trusting this team to come together, to right the ship, to weather the storm. I hate all of these metaphors, but I'm using them anyway, to get through the fact that all of these guys are injured and to make it out on the other side in a playoff position. Um, And realistically, like how much stronger will this team be for having gotten NHL experience for guys like Jacobs, uh, Movarari, Jordan Spence, Austin Strand's gotten into some games. Sean Dursey obviously has played the whole season. It's so good to know that if something happens in the playoffs or in the rest of the season that we have so many guys who can step up seamlessly uh, and play for this team and help carry them. So team gets a vote of confidence from the front office. That's great. We're up against the predators who we have not done particularly well against so far this season. The teams have played twice already. Nashville has won both times. Uh, first time back in October, two to one win for the predators uh, played them in early January, four to two win for the Predators. So this is it. And this is our chance to, uh, to make it happen. Uh, the Predators have already confirmed that David Riddich is going to be in net for them tonight. Riddich has had a handful of career games against the Kings. He's 2-2-1, 0.904 save percentage, 3.04 
goals against average, hasn't played the Kings for over two years. Uh, Last time he faced them was in February 2020 when he was a member of the Flames organization. We get the backup, but he's certainly no slouch. Uh, We have seen him steal games for the Predators. We've seen him steal games for the, the Flames. So I think the Kings know what they need to do. And it's basically the opposite of what they did in that Vegas game. You don't get to sit back. You don't get to, when you put the shot right on the goalie's chest and he catches it, you're, you're done. That's the end of the play. Good luck. Have fun. The Predators are a high scoring team. They're dangerous. They have offense up and down the lineup. They get contributions from depth players. They have Roman Yossi, who's one of the best defensemen in the game. This isn't going to be easy, but I'm hoping that with the vote of confidence from the front office, with the emergence of some of these young players uh, on the blue line, that the Kings can hold it together. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to like make a prediction because I don't want to jinx anything. But we're playing the Predators tonight. It'll be a great game for the Kings to win, to uh, keep their spot where it is in the standings. Right now, Edmonton's actually been creeping up on the Kings. Uh, they're just one point behind. Kings at 76 points. Oilers at 75 points. Oilers have a game in hand. Uh, Vegas, 72 points. They lost their last game. So uh, that's great. The Wild shut them out. Love that for us. Uh, Edmonton lost in overtime, but they got that one point to, to sneak a little further up the standings. So we're getting into that territory where the Kings do need to start winning. Uh, and keep winning to keep pace again with the teams around them. Uh, we we don't want to slip down into the wild card spots. Uh, there was a really great, great quote from our old friend Daryl Sutter talking about basically um, the the horrors of the wild card position because he was like, "Yeah, I don't want to face Colorado in the first round. Like that's going to be a nice trip, and then you're going home after four to seven games." Uh, and I think the Kings don't want to find themselves in that position. I would feel much safer taking on Edmonton or Vegas if they happen to pop back up than I would going into a first-round matchup against either Calgary or Colorado. Colorado's given us fits this season, so has Calgary. Um, Edmonton and Vegas, they're doable, so it'd be great for the Kings to just stay right where they are, and that means winning games. So we'll see what happens tonight against the Predators. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with more Kings talk, looking at whatever happens in this game. Uh, Like I said, later in the week, we'll be talking about Troy Stetcher. So we'll get to learn a little bit more about the Kings' newest defenseman and, you know, whatever else comes up in the world. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find this show on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings. You can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. So make sure you come follow the Twitter accounts, say hello. I always love hearing from fans. If there's anything you want to hear about on the show, go give me a tweet and tell me what you're interested in hearing about. Make sure you're following the show or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app of choice or on YouTube uh, so you never miss a future episode and come back all, all this week for more Kings news here on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.